0: And we are live. Hey, Concrete. Hey, Zo. Hello,
1: hello. Hey, Zo. You look
2: like
0: you are
1: uh, comfortable. Look like you sitting out in the sun.
3: I am chilling.
1: Chilling, chilling. chilling. Vitamin D up in here. I know, right?
3: (laughs) Got to stay healthy.
1: it's funny because there's been bad weather everywhere and now we see you wherever you are it looks like it's extremely sunny and it's a it's a a, you know bright sunny day
3: los angeles ah okay okay
1: (laughs) i see how's it going danny how how are you
0: I am doing excellent I can't complain it's been a good day so far Um, got a chance to get out because we've been snowed in for the last few days. So I actually got out uh, for a little bit to kind of explore and I'm back in the house of course so here I am. What about you.
1: I'm doing good. Um, it was a nice day here too. I went and cleaned my car. I had a very productive day, did all kinds of stuff around the house. So yeah, I'm I'm in good spirits. And so what about you?
3: I am chilling. Today is Sunday, uh the day before I do my radio show. So I am relaxing. I'm having a great day.
2: Oh, awesome excellent excellent excellent
0: well i
1: know most everyone i'm sorry sorry audio malfunction but most everyone knows who you are zoe but um i wanted to give you a chance to just kind of introduce yourself briefly to the people um in the event that there is someone who is like living on mars (laughs) and doesn't know who you are um if you want to just do a brief introduction
3: Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't know who I am. So uh, a brief in- introduction is definitely needed here. Um, radio personality, author, I'm going start in radio um, in 2006 with uh, Jamie Foxx's Foxhole Radio. Uh, I moved on to Dash Radio, which is a contemporary of Sirius XM satellite. It's a downloadable app program director over there for their talk station.
2: Um.
3: Uh, I've written two relationship books. Uh, One is called The Relationship Dismount, How to Stick the Landing When Exiting a Toxic Relationship. That was written in 2015. And then the follow-up to that book came in 2019, February Valentine's Day of 2019, um, The Holographic Relationship and uh, my third in the relationship series, The Shrouded Lighthouse, will uh, come out uh, this year, June 2021. So been doing a lot of relationship work, uh, but I also coach and mentor. I and, uh, used to be a music executive, used to work for Loud RCA Records, back with the Wu-Tang and the Alcoholics and Exhibit and mob deep and mad cap and all of these other 90s artists that are oh, wow. pretty pretty iconic now then i moved on uh to uh maverick records with madonna both positions i was an A&R person you know the person who goes out and gets the talent and develop the talent but i shifted into radio once um uh, i met jamie Foxx's manager at the time his name was marcus king and marcus king said hey man you got a lot of information Let's get you on television, and then let's get you on radio. Uh, television show that I did for TV One back in the days was uh, uh, Black Men Revealed. It was on TV One. I did two seasons of that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Author, mentor, radio personality, program director.
1: That's a lot. <laughs> it sounds like you've lived a pretty full. You're living a pretty full life, and um, I uh, kind of came across some of what the information that you've revealed um, in my research of exactly who Mr. Zoe Williams is, and I was very, very, very intrigued. So yeah, it um, seems as though you're living a, a pretty full life, which is dope.
0: Okay, I love yes. it. Yes. So I guess we'll get started with our first question. Um, Now, I read The Relationship Dismount. And so my questions will probably be mostly based from that book. And then, of course, I have um, other questions for you. Um, Concrete read The um, holographic Holographic relationship yeah yes and And most of
1: my questions will be surrounding that that book um but but uh, as as um like danny said i do have some additional questions that are outside of um that read that i'll also ask as well um go ahead danny kick it off
0: okay um, so, in the hel- excuse me, in the relationship dismount, um, you did discuss that you were adopted. Um, you and your one of your brothers were adopted by um, the same family. Is that correct? The Bynums.
3: Yes, we were adopted by the Bynums, and uh, right. that was a that was a, a formative time in our in our in our lives. Me and my brother. Uh, he's ten months older than I am. And that was a very formative time in our lives. They, they took great care of us. I and mean, We were babies at the time.
0: Okay. Do you still have contact with them? Are they still alive?
3: Unfortunately, they both passed. And um, I oh. didn't see them uh, for a while because they were old when they, when they adopted us. And uh, we, once my mother you know, got us back and we moved to Southern California, I was eight in the third grade when we got here. Uh, My brother was nine, he was in the fourth grade, and um, we didn't see them for at least 20 years.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, and then I went back to see them and they weren't doing well, but um, they died maybe a month after I saw them, you know, kind of back to back. You know how old couples do. Um, My foster father, James, he passed first, and then about a month after him, uh, his wife Mary passed.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm.
2: Wait. But, yeah. Uh,
3: I, ne- I I needed them. I needed them for my my growth and my maturation. So I'm I'm deeply appreciative of what they were able to provide for us for the time that they had us.
1: Yeah did you that inspire me? you to mentor? I'm sorry Dan. Um, I'm just curious.
3: Um I don't know if it inspired me to do that because I was young, I was still developing and growing into who I'm supposed to be. Um, but in hindsight, um, they, they set the, the foundation for sure.
2: Awesome. Okay,
0: how much of a, so you went from like living down South um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, <laughs> to California. How big was that transition for you? I, 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 I experienced a similar transition. I'm originally from Mississippi, and then I moved to New York City. So, oh, wow. I kinda, yeah, yeah, so I kind of went through a transformation like that as well. But how big was that transition for you?
3: I think it would have been bigger if I was older. But because we were young,
0: and um, it was more like an
3: adventure. Because we were young, Um, It was an easier transition. And I got a chance to see a lot of my family who had moved to California before we did. So, you know, it it, it was actually kind of fun because it was, like I said, an adventure. But I was reconnecting with family members that I didn't see in the projects that we lived in. You know, a a lot of family didn't want to come to that to those projects. We lived in Alton Park Projects in Chattanooga. Uh, So when I got here, I was able to see aunts and uncles and cousins who had already made the move.
0: How do you think you were embraced by them when you um, moved from Chattanooga to California?
3: It was all love for me. You know, again, I I was so young, I was eight. It was all love, I mean, people, We're happy to see us, happy to see that uh, we had finally gotten out of the projects. And, uh, you know, for my older siblings, though, it might have been uh, a tougher transition. I had older siblings who were in high school who had to get into school. They got into school and maybe one year in, you know, local schools or whatever. But uh, it was probably more difficult for them. Not so much for me, but the family embraced us all. They were just happy to see that we made it out of the
0: project. Okay. Okay. Awesome.
1: Well, I wanted to ask, um, as I stated, my primary focus was on your book, um, The Holographic Relationship. And I, I I found the book to be very intriguing. I learned a lot of information um, regarding um, the the. I guess the premise for the book and um, kind of I, I'm assuming it was part of like the research that you did before you actually set out to write the book. But I wanted to know what inspired you
3: to write that book. Well, for me, um, I don't write unless I have a vehicle. And typically my vehicle is an idea or a concept. Um, and I think one of my gifts, is I can look at very complex uh, ideas and then say, oh, well, that's like relationships, you know? So in the holographic relationship, I had been doing some research on quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and some of the cutting edge ideas that that discipline, uh, you know, articulates. And for me, I was like, I have to marry this to relationship. So the holographic relationship starts off with eight scientific principles. And for me, it was very clear. The challenge came in, in turning those scientific principles into relationship principles. For example, in one of the uh, chapters in the book, I talk about relationship obsolescence. Now, obsolescence is an idea that is in play in every product that we purchase in other words it's designed to fail that's called planned obsolescence Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it's something very simple like if you have a printer once you reach a certain amount of printouts some some chip inside the printer will just malfunction and because it's embedded in the printer Instead of just replacing the chip and your printer goes on working, you have to go buy another printer. And what I was saying Mm -hmm. is we have built-in obsolescence in our relationships. And the reason why we do is because most people think that all you need is a good education, some money, a good upbringing, and you have all you need for the makings of a good relationship. What they don't understand is relationships are inherently spiritual. And not very many relationship specialists are talking about this. Most relationship specialists are really undercover sociologists, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they understand the social game rule. Hey, by 25, 27, you should know what you wanna do and you should be working on that. And you should be in your field. And, you know, if you meet a young lady, you know, or a young man, you should have a clear idea of what your expectations are. But what a lot of people don't understand is the most important aspect of relationship is the spiritual aspect. Why did Mm. I attract this person? What lessons do this, does this person have to show me? And how do I graduate from this person? right mm-hmm. that's the spiritual yeah. stuff so the holographic uh relationship was based on the scientific principle that we live in a holographic reality if you look at the mm-hmm. word holographic or hologram hollow means whole graphic grammar means writing whole writing so what that's basically saying partner the motorcycle here, <laughs> <music>. <laughs> But well, what that's basically saying is regardless of the mask you wear, regardless of you putting on your be- you you putting your best foot forward or your best behavior forward, regardless of all of that, your whole story is written all over you. Your genetic story, your your multi-generational story, all of these lessons that relationship is designed to teach you is all over you regardless of how you try to protect it, whatever coping mechanisms you develop, all of that will be revealed once you get in a relationship. Your whole story is holographic.
1: You know I felt like um, you answered my next question, which was if you could kind of um, explain to us what what the um, what a holographic relationship is, but you essentially answered it but um, the principles were, very, um, strong and and extremely deep. And I was able to pull from each and every one of those principles and just apply them to my own life. And I could clearly see, um, exactly, um, what was meant or what, what, you know, the, you know, what they meant in theory. So I, I just found it just, like I said, extremely intriguing. And when you talked about relationship obsolescence, that is so common. We see people, that feel as though um, they're ready to level up because maybe they've gotten, you know, a, a, a um, higher degree, or maybe they've gotten like a boost in their career, or they've, you know, um, maybe gotten their body done, or they're in you right. know, better shape than they were previously. And as a result, it's kind of like the current relationship is obsolete, and you know they're ready to move on to something bigger and better. And you right. know we see that happen so often.
3: Right, this is not what I signed up for. Or mm-hmm. well, you used to do this, and now you don't do this anymore. Any relationship that is predicated on doing is not rooted spiritually. Relationship should be predicated on being who I am as opposed to what I do. You live in a transactional, material, capitalistic society. So this Absolutely. constant exchange of equal value gets lost in external things when you might be in a situationship or a relationship that was somehow abusive or a relationship that uh, pulled in a person who really tapped into your inner work that hasn't been worked on or discovered Mm -hmm. yet. To me, that's the, the real exchange. And you're supposed to grow up through relationships. Most people, again, are so focused on the social game rule of, you know, like, for instance, you know how many people are, they have everything. They're in a relationship. They have everything. Mm-hmm. On the outside, you look at them and go, oh, they got everything. They had a nice house. They got kids. The kids doing well there in college, but they really can't stand each other.
0: right right they, and really <laughs> yeah and that actually brings me to my next question um you talked about um your relationship that you've been in for 17 years with your current mate and you talked about a loss of intimacy and I don't know if I misread this because I tried to go back and um, reread it again. (laughs) I
2: said that. (laughs)
0: But you said there was a loss of intimacy or there was... um, It it sounded like there was no intimacy currently in that relationship and I wanted you to elaborate on that a bit.
3: Well, I don't know about the 17-year part. I have to... I have to... you, You might have to read that. But... I have been in relationships that have lost intimacy. And in the holographic relationship, I cover that in a chapter called relationship entropy. Entropy is the second law of thermodynamics. The first law we're all very familiar with. Energy can never be destroyed. It can only change form, right? The second law talks about entropy. And what entropy is, is a loss of access to the energy, right? So a perfect example of that is, say you get a hot cup of tea and you sit the hot cup of tea down on the table. Immediately, the heat from the tea transfers itself to the cup and then from the cup to the table. And while all of this is happening, the tea is cooling down.
2: So where did the heat
3: go? The heat wasn't destroyed. And although it appears to you that it's disappeared, it actually hasn't. You've just lost access to it. And oftentimes in relationship, we categorize that as the loss of intimacy, the the loss of a spark, the loss of a connection. Why? Because it's all based on expectations being met, outcomes being met. And the moment those outcomes are not being met, we tend to say, hey, man, this ain't the same. This ain't what I signed up for. This isn't, what you know, the relationship we started off with. You're in a cycle of relationship entropy, a loss of energy, meaning a loss of access. The energy isn't gone. You've just lost access to it. So how do you regain it? Hey, I'm sorry, this is my aunt right here. <laughs> no, you're good. How are you doing? Good to see hey, you. Auntie. Hey Auntie! Hey
2: Auntie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: Sorry, she she saw me sitting down here talking crazy. Right? But yes, <laughs> so you know, this loss of access to this energy <laughs> can be regained through self-work. But most people don't do self-work. The reason why Facts. is they, they think self-work is creating standards principles and ideas for their partners to conform to that's not self-work that's self-protection you're protecting the unhealed wounds and traumas that need to be revealed through relationship most of us believe in disney disney told us Mm. that happily ever after is real What you fail to realize is, and this is what I mentioned in the relationship of dismount, which preceded Mm -hmm. the holographic relationship. Every relationship you're in is a highly reflective mirror where the biofeedback you get from your partner is your personal work. How else can they push your buttons that nobody else can? Mm. How else can they trigger you in ways that no one else can? Do you see
0: That's why Mm -hmm. that.
3: That's why you. When I hear these relationship specialists, oh girl, you deserve better. Oh girl, move on. You Mm should. First off, moving on without doing work makes you a relationship dropout.
1: You're hitting on so many key points and it's kind of making me revisit, you know, some of uh, what I read in your book. Um, It's, 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 it's funny that you mentioned like Disney because that, Exact question I was on Clubhouse and that question came up regarding people living happily ever after. Um, is is that like you know a misnomer? Does that even exist? And I think that it's a part of social conditioning. And if you think about it, that happily ever after—that's a narrative that is pushed amongst women or young girls. Um, there's a belief that when you marry, you know, um, there's this 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 white knight that's going to ride up and you know he's going to take you away and you'll live happily ever after. But there's not. Not any focus on how to get to that that happiness there's no focus or you know there's no talk of doing the actual work to ensure that you can have a happy successful marriage or well, relationship
3: well where there is fear love can exist where there is fear love cannot grow and flower into this thing that is unconditional now, how are you gonna say you in love with somebody unconditionally, yet you have conditions for that love, for that mm-hmm. relationship? You know, I hear these relationship specialists, oh, you gotta have better standards. Well, who are you in a relationship with? The person or your standards? This is why in a relationship dismount, I say, don't date your ideas. <laughs> you see, yes. so many people are dating ideas instead of dating a person, right? This person has manifested into your life to show you what you need to work on. Now, mm-hmm. here, here, here's the caveat. I'm not asking anybody to stay in a physically abusive relationship. Right. What I'm talking about are people who run when their wounds get challenged,
2: Uh-oh. oh
0: oh, ah, you, you <laughs> talk about that. And that's an interesting point because then you said unforgiveness should be um, unconditional, and I thought that that was an interesting point. And I wanted you to elaborate on what you meant by forgiveness should be unconditional because I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, okay, um. How does that play into your boundaries um, that you set? Because I think everybody has a a concept of right and wrong, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Are there things that are unforgivable to people? Um, How do you set boundaries when forgiveness should be unconditional?
3: Well, uh, again, you can have unconditional forgiveness for someone who has hurt you and continue to love them from afar. See. We've been taught that forgiveness requires that person to understand the magnitude of what they've done. It's not their job to understand. It's your job to forgive unconditionally. Now, don't be a masochist and put yourself in a situation with a person that's going to continuously hurt you. Once you've learned your lesson, you love and you forgive Unconditionally, from afar. You don't have to stay. But what we've done is we've got concepts like, oh, changed behavior is the real apology. Changed behavior is the real forgiveness. No, it's not. Because guess what? Your partner and you are in what is known as a shared experience. However, the two of you, don't learn at the same time and can't share each other's experience of the experience you're
1: sharing. You know what, that's a very good point. When you talk about shared experiences and we all, um, you know, we all come with our own set of life experiences. And as a result, the way in which we, um, process information and apply that information will differ and the rate in which we um, do the same will differ. So, you know, I, and, and I see that a lot in relationships too, where someone feel, feels as though they've outgrown the other person because they're, they feel like their trajectory has changed and the other person has not. So as a result, they want to do what you talked about earlier and they, they want to, Oh, we lost him
2: uh-oh
0: um Zo, if you're still listening that link is sh- it should be still be valid um but i wanted to thank you guys so much for the super chats that you've yes in um shout out to michael mitrok um dorian nance Here we go. Go. Sorry. Sorry no, sorry
2: no no no
1: problem um i did just i was i uh, wanted to know uh Basically, I guess my overall question uh, for you—you you, you talk a lot about like self-work, and when reading your your book, I, I basically was feel like there's a close correlation with the work that you talk about one should focus on a, as it relates to oneself and shadow work. Do, are you familiar with shadow work?
3: Oh, absolutely. My
1: my
0: new oh, book, yes. is totally about that. Okay, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted you to talk dead. about your new book too, dead. honey. <laughs> that's right up my alley. Cause I do believe in doing shadow work. Um, I think, you know, basically getting down to the bottom of self and being the best person you can be is understanding who you are in your shadows. Most of us try to outrun our shadows. And so, um, we won't come face to face with them. And so we don't tend to confront Um, our deepest inner issues um, prior to looking at somebody else. So I'm big on shadow work. I I think that's um, an excellent thing.
3: Yeah. Um, Again, if you want to run away from your responsibility of healing yourself, the worst place to run to is a relationship. Because relationships are spiritually designed to reveal them. And the relationship dismount, I say relationship is a highly reflective classroom where the biofeedback you get from your partner is your personal curriculum. When you move out of the relationship dismount into the holographic relationship, now we're talking about how that unhealed or unaddressed work Is holographically all over you, regardless of the Carl Jungian mask you wear. See, you wear a mask with your partner, and Mm. your partner is your teacher.
0: You gotta speak on it, though.
3: You see? So when we move into my new book, The Shrouded Lighthouse, what I'm explaining about light, right? Every human being you meet is comprised of two lighthouses. One is a visible light. Now, visible light on the light spectrum is very small. The invisible light spectrum is very, very big, very vast. You have x-rays, gamma rays, ultraviolet rays. These are forms of light that are imperceptible to the human eye. And what I'm explaining in the new book is that your two lighthouses are always calling situation shifts to the shores of your spirit a situation shift not a situation shift every relationship should be called a relation shift if you're looking to grow but you can't grow unless you take ownership of your dark light so The visible lights are charisma, intelligence, beauty, uh, humor, right? All of these things that draw us to a person externally. But the invisible light, much like uh, the part of the iceberg that's underwater is vast. And that Mm. is working as a dark lighthouse to attract like, for instance, how did I attract the abuser or the disrespectful person? Well, Ooh,
2: let's.
0: You sound like you're about to go there. Okay. Listen, well, this was my favorite
3: part. Yes, <laughs> that reflection. <laughs> well, let's pull out this composition book and write down all the ways you don't show up for yourself. Let's write down all the ways you marginalize and minimize yourself. Let's show let's write down all the ways, right? Mm -hmm. You run from that internal responsibility. If you couldn't forgive your mama, how can you forgive your man?
0: Oh, oh. Oh, Because, you know, we'll accept people. <laughs> we'll let uh, a man do. And, you know, with women, a woman will generally let a man do all kinds of stuff and we'll forgive that man. We'll still a lot. We'll sleep with him, still go fix his plate, but let a friend do something. And we're quick to dissipate those relationships um, because we don't have the same type of forgiveness with that. Y'all exactly. gonna
1: trigger somebody. <laughs> exactly. So
3: the shrouded lighthouse is saying just like Carl Young said said your unconscious self and all the pain and hurt that you've been through is trying to work its way up out of the unconscious and into the conscious mind so it can resolve itself through conflict in relationship. Now, how many people run from conflict in relationship?
0: some of us do but some of us don't some people actually uh kind of thrive in conflict or you know they feel like it's a thriving thing like um some people feel like it's needed
3: but that's not resolving it that's not transmuting it yeah
1: they're just they the, like the drama that's right, different right
3: so, so so the work is in the transmutation of the darkness into light mm. into visible light and when you have to be responsible for you. Mm. That's when. Let me tie my shoes up. And get to running. I want somebody. Who will protect my wounds. Not somebody. Who will resolve them. Why? Mm. Why? Because, I... of, because of ego. Ego says. This is who I am. This is why I always say. This is why we get into re-victimization, right? Mm. This is who I am. No. What you've been through is not who you are unless you say it is. And once you say it is, you've got to defend that wound. And as long as you're defending your wound, your wound can't heal.
0: That, what about people that have an addiction to pain? And what I'm starting to realize as I get older, some people actually have an addiction to pain and they they like to live in a certain space. They like to live in that victimization. Right. Mm.
3: Because they've identified with it. The one thing the ego will not Good let point. you do is kill it. Mm. The one thing the ego will fight against is its own death. The first law of preservation is self-preservation. And the ego is saying, this is who I am. How many times you see somebody out here on their soapbox testifying about what they've been through? You know why? Because what they've been through has molded who they think they are. No, what you've been through is a stair step for what you're gonna do, for what you can do. Mm. For what's possible
1: I love it I felt like there was so much um, In the holographic relationship That was so empowering And it prevents you from feeling as though You know, if you read the book And you really ingest Um, what is written, it will prevent you from feeling as though I'm stuck because, you know, I have all these traumas and all of this baggage. It's Mm -hmm. more of a, um, it it details basically how you can take steps to overcome that or how you need to ensure that you address that. But there was one other thing that I wanted to touch on if we could just quickly, and that's the quantum entanglement Because um, you made a comparison to like soul ties, and I wanted to understand that a little bit more.
3: On a spiritual level, this is, if we go back to the ancient African belief system that has been villainized by Western uh, academia, later known as voodoo, uh, known as condomblé in South Africa or South America known as uh, uh, voodoo and bumbum in the islands, uh, known as Santeria, known as Lukumi here in America. Do you know your, your grandfather could have been an abusive person? This goes back to my holographic relationship concept. Scientists today call it epigenetics in your genes, because you're alive, that means your great, 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 great grandfather is still alive in you. And on a spiritual level, this is talking about generational curses. This is entanglement through generations. You may become entangled with another person who has the same ancestral issue that needs to be resolved in this day and time through y'all relationship. That's a form of relationship entanglement. How many of us have found a soulmate that we can't stand? How many of us have had a soul tie with someone we can't seem to break? We know they ain't good for us. But we keep cycling back to them.
1: That's a good point. I've never heard anyone kind of detail that as it relates to epigenetics. And you think about, you know, um, just even dating back to maybe your great, great, great grandfather and the great, great, great grandfather of the partner that you choose to share your life with. that's, That's pretty interesting.
3: Yes. Yes. You're here to reconcile not only your stuff mm. but sometimes they stuff
0: mm. i'm and so glad talking- you brought that up <laughs> i like I'm it i'm so glad you brought that up um because i did have a question about generational curses
3: so that's an energetic entanglement now entanglement is not only separated via uh uh space Because when we talked uh, or when I did research, you had two schools of thought. You had Einstein and then you had Niels Bohr. Niels Bohr was the young guy coming up. He was the young lion. Einstein was already a superstar because of his 1905 papers and his 1921 papers. He was already a superstar in the world of science. He didn't believe in entanglement until it was proven after his death that he was wrong. So when two subatomic particles become entangled, it doesn't matter how far they are separate from each other. If you change one, the other will change instantaneously. And what that did was it broke the speed of light concept that Einstein was the advocate of. Einstein said nothing moves faster than the speed of light. Well, those entangled particles move faster than the speed of light, regardless of how far they are apart from each other. They could be billions of miles away, billions of miles. You could be with a new dude or a new woman, and your mind could be with this unresolved issue that you keep cycling back to. Do you see? Entangled spiritually, energetically, genetically. Do you see
0: it? that? Is definitely, definitely an interesting concept. Um, most people don't think of it, I think most people think of their entanglements as probably one dimensional. Um, we definitely don't look at it from a ge- genetic disposition. Um, I think it's probably the first time I've heard of the concept, to be honest. Me but, too. What do you feel would break the cycle of generational curses?
3: Um, I I think for black folk in general, you got to get back to your African spirituality because we had an answer for that. Mm. We had an answer. I like it. We got to get back to African spirituality. If you are inside of your oppressor's mindset, you're going to go to his toolbox for solutions his society created in your relationship. And that's just mm. today. Oh. We just talk about y'all living today. We're
2: mm-hmm. not even,
3: we haven't even gotten to the part of you reconciling. Like friends, let me give you an example. My grandfather was very abusive to my mother's mother. And I went and had a ritual done and they say, look, the men on your ancestral side, you got a few men on your ancestral side that did not treat the E.I.M.E. correctly. What is E.I.M.E.? E.I.M.E. is the divine feminine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They didn't treat them correctly. And although they didn't have a direct impact on you, you behave like them. Mm. We got to do this wow. ritual so you can reconcile what they did so you can get to reconciling who you are because they That's live in you right now.
0: But do you think that most people are moving towards spirituality or do you feel that most people are moving away from um, spirituality especially since everybody's taught that being taught that they're their own gods but using like the physical realm to reconcile a lot of it
3: most people are parents most people want to sound deep most people are not deep <laughs> <laughs> most people are parents they hear something deep and then they mimic it they regurgitate it
1: i agree that's why they can't speak to it outside of whatever
3: point they've memorized now remember this about american culture we just saw a movie judas and the black messiah Mm -hmm. when you start doing spirit work you start connecting to your higher level of consciousness there is no governance for that right You, you can't be governed so you start working towards a space of freedom Mm. Okay, what do you mean freedom though? Freedom is the same thing as unconditional love. Freedom is the same thing as unconditional forgiveness.
2: Mm.
3: What are conditions? Liberty. Liberty, as defined in the Black's Law Dictionary, says freedom within constraints. Those are legal terms, right? Black's Law Dictionary, Third Edition freedom within the constraints is liberty but freedom in and of itself is free it's unconditional so many people want to experience unconditional love but are so afraid to let go of who they think they are who they're supposed Mm. to be who they're supposed to be with who's what they deserve so many people miss the whole mark but all your freedom lies within your inner work you don't do the work, you don't deserve the fantasy. It's a fantasy because the work has been left undone.
1: Mm, I like it. I I, I think that that is, that's a very, very powerful point. Um, I like that, it's, uh, I'll just switch it around and say, um, if you don't do the work, then you don't deserve the happily ever after that you're in search of, I like it. Um, I did wanna ask you uh, one one other question um, so, you know, the, the the state, especially if you listen to the people in this sector, there is a notion that the state of the black community is in a state of peril, and and in some ways, I do agree. Um, and I think one of the primary re- one of the primary reasons is the fact that we don't see very many intact, healthy relationships amongst black folks in black communities. Um, and I wanted to know, like, per, you know, per your opinion, um, what do you think it would take for us to get back to a state of, you know, healthy relationships between black men and black women? There's so much disrespect. There's so much angst and so much animosity that's been like built up over generations um on both sides and i just want to know in your opinion you know um what do you think it would take for us to get to a place where you know we can have healthy
3: relationships again you got to give them back the dictionary that they use to define you Mm. Black men and women are not the author of their reality. We are wards of this society. The great Indian philosopher Krishnamurti said, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted in a sick society. Our society is sick, but they have unity when it comes to keeping us down, whether it's economically, spiritually, psychologically, intellectually, we're going to keep those people down. Why? Because when those people remember who and what they are and become the authors of their reality again, we have no place here.
1: They know that.
3: They know that. So I agree wholeheartedly. So again, yes, I'm doing a a whole documentary about this right now where yeah. I'm talking about the unique dysfunction that black men and women have because we're under the foot of white supremacy here in America. Yes. Our relationships are we all relationships have dysfunction, but our relationships have a unique type of dysfunction.
0: Hmm. Um Someone asked, have you ever visited Africa before?
3: No, not yet.
0: Okay. Um, I do have some more questions, but what I wanted to know is, is it okay if we open up our panel um, so that some of our guests will be able to come on and ask you some questions before you leave? Sure. Okay. Okay.
1: So I do just want to remind everyone before you come up, Danny's going to drop the link. Make sure we want to um, just reiterate the fact that we know that we have a a panel guest. And as a result, we want to make sure that you're respectful with your questions um, and do the same in the chat. Like be respectful. We got to We have a guest and, you know, let's let's act like we have some decorum. So you guys are welcome to join the panel and ask a few questions, um, but just make sure that you're respectful uh, of the guests when, when you come on.
0: Okay. So I wanted to get into the spirituality aspect of it a bit. And I wanted to know your opinion about, um, pain. Do you think there is power at the bottom of going through pain?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Pain, trauma. These are all like indicators Mm
2: -hmm. in your
3: car. When that check engine light come on, that's a type of pain. your body when you feel pain that's a hey what was that let me go check that out that is the purpose of pain you feel it because it's there to say hey pay attention to me i need to be dealt with psychological pain is the same way this person has brought out a response in me that i didn't know i was capable of i didn't know i could feel this way now Instead of flipping it on them and saying, you're responsible for this pain, you want to ask the pain, where are you leading me? Do you
2: hmm. see that? Where are you taking That's me? That's very
3: interesting.
1: Uh, I can I can see that. Um, yeah, that makes sense.
2: That's um, the purpose of pain. I-
0: hmm. What tips would you have for someone getting to spirituality as a beginner?
3: There are no pathways. Your pathway is yours. Again, I will quote the great Krishnamurti. He said, truth is a pathless land. When we get down to the subatomic level of reality, they say the subatomic level Back in the days, in the eighties, they called it gut, the grand unified theory. Now they're calling it the unified field of consciousness. Well, the African called that God Olodumare, right? The African called that God, right? All these ancient cultures called it God, the source of all this energy, right? Okay, well, you are the only you here. Out of the 7 to 9 billion people on this planet Earth, you are the only you here. And what makes you the same are universal blanket license ideas. Well, if I'm born in India, I guess I might be Hindu. Well, it depends on what part of India you're born in. If I'm born in Sri Lanka, I might be Christian or Buddhist. Well, if I'm born in Pakistan, I might be Sikh which is a mixture of Islam and Hinduism. Well, if I'm born in the South in in America, I'm probably going to be Christian. Well, what kind of Christian? I might be Kojic. I might be Baptist. These ideas are universal templates for unique beings. Truth is a pathless land. And when you become the author of your truth, That's when you start experiencing a level of freedom that takes you to an entirely different dimension of understanding. How many people would be content to grow spiritually with a partner and be okay and still be in love with that partner if you guys mutually grew apart with no resistance? How many of you guys would continue to root for each other's spiritual development, Mm. even though y'all grew apart in peace? You know, you don't really see
1: that. First of all, most relationships that end aren't even amicable, let alone uh, continuing to root for that person and wish them the best and hope for growth uh, as it relates to their own spirituality. So um, So I think
3: we're childish. That means yeah. we're a little children <laughs> sure. in the spiritual I guess, I guess understanding. So. That means we're children.
0: <laughs> so, so how much um, effect? Now, I, I kind of feel like a lot of a. So, with the spiritual world versus the physical world, um, we face so many consequences in the physical world that a lot of us won't turn to spirituality as opposed to using our logic. What do you think about that?
3: Again, the spirit world is not logical. Where there is logic, there is fear. Mm. Remember, even in the Bible, God says my ways are not your ways. (laughs) You can't understand or comprehend the immensity of the source of all that is. You can't. So what you do is you rely on logic. And logic is linear. Oh well, well check this out. We got two dominating uh, principles or disciplines in science. One is Einsteinian or Newtonian. And that deals with big stuff, planets, gravity, stars. Very linear, very logical. Right. In the world we live in, this world is very linear and logical. But when you get down to the subatomic level, none of our logic applies to the behavior of subatomic particles. The quantum realm is random, but that's where all the power is. In other words, mm. the linear, logical world, which is masculine, emerges out of the chaos that is feminine.
1: <laughs> you know, that's interesting that you say Uh-oh. that. Um,
2: <laughs> uh oh, it's right. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, well, a lot of people. Well, we don't look it out of a woman's perspective, though. But um, right. Um, I wanted to ask you something else really quickly. I'm sorry. It was, so, it was about something that you just mentioned. Um, I, I'm sorry. It escapes me. I'm sure it'll come back. Uh, LAR, though, is asking a question, and he says, do you think we're working through dysfunction or working into a new dysfunction?
3: That's well, a good
1: again,
3: L A R, it's a beautiful question. This environment created a unique type of dysfunction which is a mutation of the pre-existing dysfunction. White men compete against each other and white men destroy each other. But if white men are on the dollar and in your Bible, in your holy book, mm, what type of dysfunction is going to come out of your Stockholm-like dependence of their dysfunction.
1: You preaching. (laughs)
3: Listen.
2: It's going to mutate.
3: It's going to Mm -hmm. mutate and form a different level of dysfunction. Do you see?
1: I I agree wholeheartedly. And one that we fail to recognize. Um, I know what my earlier point was. It was in relation to fear. Um, it, it It seems as though people... Because they can't explain spirituality, because they can't, there's so many unknowns, it makes people uncomfortable. And as mm-hmm. a result, they shun anything related to spirituality or related to religion. And it almost seems as though the 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 more educated, the more articulated, the smarter you are, the more, inc- the more you're inclined to, um, you know, dismiss anything relating to
3: spirituality. Sure, because what people try to do is make spiritual spirituality logical, and spirituality is not logical. Tz, logic is linear. Linear is masculine. Do you do you understand? This is why women have such a have a difficult time. Women have been marginalized by the linear. Mm. <laughs> by the masculine Yep. now ask yourself a question you got a battery there's a masculine side denoted by the positive symbol and a feminine side denoted by the minus symbol before Mm -hmm. it was called feminine it was called neutral Mm. ask yourself where does all of the power in the battery originate from
2: it originates
3: from the feminine side
2: Oh, all the,
3: all the masculine side does is direct the energy, which goes back mm. to the concept. When you got a woman praying and believing on you and standing behind you, once you get in order, logical, linear man, you can't be out of order and expect her to pour her energy into you to help you <laughs> manifest. Yes. You, you speak it. Material. Mother, material, matter, manifest, all come from the same root. Mm. The African, the ancient African knew this. When you talk, water is always symbolized by females. You go back to ancient Kemet. And of course, there are some water male deities, like in Ipa called Olukun, who's at the deepest part of the water where no light gets to. Mm-hmm. But Yemeya controls the ocean, his daughter. When you go back to ancient Kemet, they said everything came from the primordial, chaotic waters of noon. So, a thing, in order to be called a thing, must be linear and logical, mm-hmm. which is masculine. Men are builders and constructors. Women are creators. When women mm. get behind men who have an order within themselves, they can blossom and grow and build. Oh, I love
1: it. Oh, <laughs> I know. I love it. And and I must tell you that most of our audience, our audience is like 89% male. So mm. uh, they may, they may push back on, on what you're saying, but uh, it makes perfect sense to me. Did we have anybody that had any questions,
3: Danny? I well, just gotta um, read a little bit. That's all. Just read a little yeah. bit.
0: you know, we're we're getting a lot of pushback in the audience, but not a lot of participants um who actually want to come up and expound on their own points. And so um, the link is definitely in the chat. If you guys want to expound or have any questions for Zoe, the link is definitely in the chat. I will drop it again for you guys. But we do have Brother Roger report on the panel. Um, Brother Roger, what did you have for um, Mr. Zoe? Well, how, how's
4: everybody doing? Um, What's up, family? Great. How you doing? Oh, oh, doing great. Doing great. The want, yeah, wanted to hear a little bit of uh, uh, kind of an explanation on when you were saying something about pain, because my question is, how much pain is a person supposed to put up with? Because now, this, this,
3: my opinion is, a lot of problems we have been, wow no i hear you how much pain is a person okay. supposed to put up with? Our, yeah
4: our? yeah because I, I think a lot of the problems in the black community is that a lot of black men won't break up with a black woman you know it's like we train to just sit there and take it no matter what they do which right. leads to a lot there's of problems a, in my opinion
3: right there's a great book called the man not by a, a professor who used to be down at Texas A&M, the book is called yes. The Man Not" by Dr. Tommy Curry, who talks about yes. how in society, people expect men, in particular Black men, to be invulnerable to pain. This is why slave masters treated Black men in the way that they did. However, the pain you endure is directly proportionate to the self-work you've completed. We sit back and expect pain to end. Well, guess what? That indicator in your car that says you need to change your oil is not gonna go off until you change your oil. Until we change, until we grow up spiritually, psychologically, intellectually, until we change. I'll go back to the great philosopher, Krishnamurti. He says, the enemy is you. Until you take ownership of the experience you're having, you're gonna feel that pain because that pain is an indicator that you have work to do. Many men think, "Let let me explain something to you. You have a type of father out there that's called the emotionless provider. He thinks by doing his job and keeping the lights on and keeping a shirt on your back and shoes on your feet and backpacks and cell phones, that he's a good father, but he he has no emotional connectivity to his child. I take care of you, don't I? But what about you? I wanna know who you are. I wanna connect to my father. As a being, as a purpose, uh, as a person, so there's a difference between doing and being. We're human beings, not human doings. What are you saying, so? Oftentimes men get caught up in doing things for women, thinking that's enough, but they'd rather connect to your being. If a man is fully God realized and connected to his being. I guarantee you, his woman won't demand so much doing. At the end of the day, I'm here for something, brother. Do something. Well, how many times has she been in the presence of a man being?
2: Hmm? Do y'all understand? That's interesting. Where <laughs> I do.
0: Um, shout out to David Johnson. Um, David says, let's talk about what everybody wants to know. Zo, how much publicity and money did Corey get from all that Aerie Spears promotion? He, yeah yo. What? What was the question? He says, how much publicity and money did Corey get from all that Aerie Spears promotion?
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't
0: know. Yeah,
3: I don't think that's a question um, for me. I don't know.
0: So we have Mr. Fantastic on the panel. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, welcome. Roger done? And- did he get the? I mean, did he get the answer to
1: his question? I, I know he was.
3: I Roger, think the answer, the I, answer I mean, was I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh no, not that the the gentleman who asked the question um, <laughs> on the panel.
4: No, I, I think uh, I mean it was close enough to what I think. I honestly, if you're in a relationship and you and you got pain going on, to me that's an indicator you need to change your relationship. Somebody need to be cut off at that point. Mm-hmm. Why would you sit there and go through it? That's how I'm I, looking I, at it. So,
3: and, and and that's fair. That's fair. And people do things based off of the environment they were reared in. So if you got a family who says, "Hey, if you feel pain, leave," because psychologists, sociologists, clinicians, they all say the same thing. We model the conflict resolution model of our family. So if our family is saying, hey, you're feeling pain, get up out of there, that's gonna be your style. But that's not what I'm talking about. See, you can get up out of there and get into something else later on and that pain is gonna pick right back up. It's about resolution as opposed to just management. And this is why I said earlier, most people are relationship dropouts. Once the going gets tough, what? psychologically, they're ready to drop out. Mm. Oh, okay, that's, that's not
4: kind of what I was saying. Because my thing is like, if, if you're going through a situation, you try to resolve your situation. If a person shows you they're not going to resolve the situation, you can't work with that person. You know what I'm saying? You offer them a chance to, to do whatever needs to be done based on whatever's going on they either going to take that off or they're not going to take that off. If you tell me you're not going to take that off, I can't work with
3: you. Right. That's how I look at it. Again, what you're doing is is putting the onus on the partner, which is a low-key form of blame. We're talking spiritual. We're not talking superficial. It's claim over blame. So, again, you can't offer your partner something to fix the relationship. See, we think that's what it is. I offered you this and you didn't take it. So I'm out because you're causing me pain. You replace the partner, but not the trigger. Find out what well, triggers well, uh, the pain. That's an internal process, brother, not an external one.
4: No, no, I I, I get what you say, but I'm, I'm gonna say, for example, I, I was with a young lady. Her issue was money, right? right. Okay, in order for me to resolve that situation was going to take me more time than she was willing to give. So since she let me know clearly, I wasn't going to have enough money for her right now. My thing was like, okay, well you can just go and be with somebody else at the end of the day. Cause you want something I ain't ready to give you right now. You don't have to and, wait for
3: what you're looking for. And I'm glad you gave me that example because it goes back to what I just said, a very superficial example, money, money. Listen, money is linear. In America, if you put the time, energy and effort into any endeavor or project, you should be able to make some money. This is what Malcolm Gladwell spoke about in his Outlier book when he says anything you put 10,000 hours of effort, study, research into, it makes you a professional or an expert at it. That's superficial. You put the time and energy into making some money. You're going to make some damn money. And if she got to go because she doesn't have the patience for you to build something, then she got to go. But that also speaks to her level of immaturity. That caused you pain. Actually, you dodged a bullet. She showed you who she was and what she was there for. She wasn't there for you. She was there for what you could provide. There are women out there who date providers because they can provide. This is why I oftentimes ask women, can you name five currencies in a fully developed man that have nothing to do with the currency in his wallet? Mm. Most women probably can't.
4: Yeah, she didn't put me through any pain because I'm I'm not one of those people that's gonna go through pain with you. At the, at the end of the day, she gave me and and you know once I talked to her, I saw what the problem was coming from. The problem was a financial situation that right. I could not and, solve in that position in her time frame. So I gave right. her the door. You won't be satisfied until I get there. So you can just boot. You know what I'm saying? That and, that was to me that right. was an easy call. You know?
3: Yeah. and, so, and it is an easy call, absolutely. But you have been through pain in your relationships. All I got to do is ask you about your family.
4: Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to say no, no pain has ever existed, period. I, I come from pretty good families, though. So, But, I mean, yeah, everybody go through something at the end of the but day. But
3: that's the point. That's the point. And everybody will go through something outside of their familial relationships. Absolutely, brother. Let's see who okay. you become after that.
0: Interesting point. Um, we got a super chat from Dorian Nance. Um, Dorian says, Zoe, do women want 50 50? My wife hasn't been respecting me ever since we got married. Ah, that's an interesting again,
3: question. Again, this is again. You married somebody that doesn't respect you? You said after you guys got married, she stopped respecting you.
2: Mm. <laughs> mm.
3: And I'm not trying to be funny. What I'm trying to say is I don't believe that the re- the, the disrespect started after you got married.
2: Uh-oh. I
3: believe I believe that the seeds of that disrespect had been there again. Most people are dating and marrying outcomes. They're not dating or marrying people. I'm dating an outcome. Whether that outcome is to shield me from my hurt, work I need to do, whether that outcome is uh, financial, I don't wanna be broke. Most people are dating outcomes. And when you don't provide the outcome that most people are looking for, relationship obsolescence sets in if but a no. woman oh, if, if a woman is disrespecting you that claims to be your helpmate and wife then the question becomes how can you make her respect you? this is not a trick question
2: mm
0: let me ask you this
3: though no, no, and then no I'm gonna,
2: no, oh, no no I'm sorry. it's not
3: rhetorical this is for the oh. brother
2: oh. how
3: do you make your wife respect you
0: yes dorian how do you make your wife respect you so the men in the chat how do you make women respect you and i think that's an excellent question um because a lot of people especially men men don't look at, at them at themselves as they're their own first line of respect People treat you how you allow them to treat you. Um, you choose what you're going to take off a person. You choose what you open up with people, um, especially when it comes to bad behavior and not getting what you want out of relationships. So I think that's an excellent point.
2: When did I relationships? Think that's, uh, uh,
3: go ahead, brother. My,
4: okay, my bad. I was just gonna say I oh. think that was that was that uh, what I was just saying about a lot of black men don't know how to leave a relationship. We. We're convinced we need to stay in there no matter what. I think that question was like an indicator of that. You know, like we don't know how to just leave. You know, if you're going through a bunch of stuff, why? Life is too short for all that, At, at least for me.
3: I totally understand. But I need everybody to understand in this chat and on this call, relationship is not the wishing well, where your partner gives you what you want. Somebody told us our partner in this relationship is the wishing well. No, relationships are designed to give you what you need, not what you want. You have to cultivate what you want by working on self. Too many people come in with this expectation that they're gonna make it all better. That's not how this works.
0: Okay. Um, Dorian Nance
1: I'm sorry we got another super chat Through Dorian Nance I'm assuming you're trolling Um, Thank you for the $5 Of course we're not going to endorse you Hitting a a, a woman or hitting anyone Or any kind of violence But thank you for the super chat uh, Snow Um, We do have Mr. Fantastic Who's joined the panel Is that who's next Danny? Yes Uh, What you got Mr. Fantastic What's going on with you? Well, hi,
5: ladies. Thank you for um, um inviting me to your panel. Um,
0: uh, I love when you use the white voice. Go ahead. Uh,
5: I, you I call, you call you call switch George. I, I learned it from you. Uh, what's up, call,
3: on, brother. What's up, bro?
5: How you doing? You got it, fam. Oh, uh, hey, man. So, uh, yeah, man. I, I didn't know you were so deep into the uh, metaphysical and spirituality aspects of it. But you know, uh, with the recent um uh, situation you had, um, how does that? How do you? You apply that to yourself because you know i know you've seen thousands of and thousands of different renditions especially if um, a lot of them came from this sector about your long-term relationship with um uh you know i don't know if you still uh well i guess that would be a great question what what if if it's cool um what's your outlook between you and corey you guys still friends you tight you just you know brothers on your own way or you just don't want to discuss that
3: well <laughs> What's interesting, to be quite frank with you, uh, I told the sisters that I wasn't going to talk about that situation because we're going to talk about my books. But since you asked, asked, I mean, I'm not going to run away from the question. Uh, Me and the brother have talked several times, you know, and we're good. We're good. All right, Great, and like I said,
5: because I, I know you, um, he actually showed the um, thing where you guys, you know, he, you, um, you know, gave him some recompense financially in a state. So like I said, you know, I was just 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 curious. Like I said, you, you know, you guys have been um, a staple of you know Black Brotherhood for quite a while.
3: Uh, how right. long you guys
5: been doing that show? At least like what, like ten years or so now? Or at least. Like, yeah. At yeah, least. Yeah. 10, ten. So so you know that's, that's good to see that you guys are still on the on the same page. So uh, with that being said, how do you how do you work your philosophy into your own, I guess, interpersonal relationships when it comes to, um, you know, respect and people valuing your energy, your input, your um, insight and your experience?
3: For me, I always go back to claim over blame. What am I doing? What could I have done? What am I saying that's being misconstrued? In the study of neuro-linguistic programming, anybody ever heard of NLP? Have any anybody in here heard of NLP? Yeah,
5: yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. cool. In the study of NLP, what they say is when there is a breakdown in communication, it's not the person you're communicating with's fault. It's because you lack rapport. So you have to go back and find ways to build rapport. In other words, better ways to communicate your perspective. What did you leave out? What did you take out of context? What did you not hear? Right? And also, are you avoidant? Are you competitive? Are you combative? So I had to go through a process of first saying, what could you have done differently? Which led to that conflict. This is how I apply my studies and what I've learned to me. Now, in terms of how that relationship shakes out, am I going to be a masochist? Am I going to not fix what I can fix and then go back into a situation where this could potentially happen again? Of course not. Of course not. But I have to take accountability and responsibility for what I have control of, first.
5: Okay. Okay. So yeah. So personal personal responsibility aspect of it, and oh shoot,
2: sure, I was off me.
5: My yeah. back
0: here. Hear me. Yeah, I, I I wanted to just get this in real quick. And this is just about um, Zoe's answer to that. And so when you start to take your ego out of a lot of situations, because ego is really what causes us to be in conflict anyway, um, when you take your ego out of it and you still kind of come to a conclusion that there probably wasn't anything that you could have done better. Um, when you've done the work, you've done the work. Right. what happens in that aspect when you take your ego out of it but you still don't arrive to a conclusion that you could have done anything better um in that situation
3: i think for the most part um for me it's all about me and what i can do i don't look for change in another person i don't look for them to adjust i have to adjust okay i, I don't put the onus on the person. I keep it on me. What am I doing and how can I change? And for me, change doesn't necessarily mean or change your communication style. For me, change could also mean don't interact with this person anymore or interact with this person with a different mindset than the one you had previous. Do you understand?
0: to a certain degree because then it still kind of um it kind of goes back to like the forgiveness uh unforgiving being forgive forgiving but having unconditional forgiveness Right. and i think that's probably one of my biggest struggles um with dealing with people because when people wrong me um i can be forgiving but i tend not to deal with them with the same um uh path that I dealt with them before, for lack of better words.
3: Right, and and that's fine. That's 100% okay to do. I'm saying for me, in any conflict that I'm in, I'm in pursuit of what I can learn to be better for it, to be better for having gone through it. That's what I'm in pursuit of, 100% okay. of the time. OK, that's why like I'm saying I don't I don't really put the onus on. Oh, well, if this person would have did this differently, then I could have responded differently. No, I, I love um, the authors of the book, Loyalty to Your Soul, Ron and Mary mm. Holnick. What they said in that book was so profound to me. They said it is not the issue that is your issue. It is how you respond to the issue that is your issue. And that's how I approach every conflict that I'm in. Does that mean- I love it. Does that mean everybody gets unconditional forgiveness? No. Does that mean I don't harbor some feelings where I feel like, man, I really wanna go back at them. But for me at this stage of my life, it's about avoiding every spiritual demotion presents itself to me i every time you lose control every time you get angry every time you seek revenge that's a spiritual demotion and at this stage in my life i'm not trying to demote myself any further that's but, why oftentimes you'll see me take the high road
0: but so see that that that's what i'm i'm I get confused about as far as spirituality because okay they say that um everybody's born with good and bad aspects to them right um but part of spirituality is owning your your bad aspects and understanding um that your things that you're inherently you inherently have in you um sometimes is a defense mechanism um no
3: no no no. no, no. If you listen to how you framed your question, your question implies that the other person changes. I'm not in the business of changing other people. I'm not in the business of saying, you grow up with me. Oftentimes you take your hand off the wheel of your vehicle to look at your partner in their direction. Hey, are you keeping up with me? No. Keep your eyes on your road. Okay. It's not your responsibility to check in to see if they're remorseful, to see if they really meant their apology. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is solely focused on you. And that's where we get lost. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But just real quick. Real quick, bro. Um. Uh. So, are we talking interpersonal from an intimate standpoint, just friendships, or just in general? So, either we talking, dynamic.
3: we're talking. This concept can be a cl- applied across the board. Oftentimes, okay, man. Okay. I, like I said, oftentimes we keep the beef alive because we're looking for remorse. We're looking for uh, a genuine sense of sorry or apology that's not your responsibility it's not
5: Yep. yeah just like it's not your
3: responsibility to grow up your intimate partner oftentimes women try to grow up their men it's not your responsibility to grow that man up you think you can explain maturity to your man oftentimes women believe that i'm gonna explain what a real man is you think he's gonna accept that that's, it doesn't work that way people have to come in direct experience in direct contact with what they need to understand and oftentimes our partner becomes a hindrance to that because they think they can lecture us into that understanding and it just oftentimes doesn't work
5: well yeah just let me let me just say this piece about that though uh, there's a, a very important. Um, part when you get into an intimate relationship between you know man woman dynamic of where you guys do need to be since you're speaking from the medical physical I guess would be like you know equally yoked or whatnot or at least on the same page so if you have a person that's constantly in conflict with you you guys aren't on the same page it's not necessarily um, I think you said mm-hmm. but uh, your responsibility uh, whatnot but if you want the relationship to work it is your responsibility because otherwise it's just it's just going to be constant enmity and, and you know conflict and that's you're pretty much dooming that relationship because you're not willing to work on or compromise or see what you can do to fix it if it's salvageable you, I totally back. under
3: I totally understand where you're coming from it's the framing that's incorrect the way it's framed is they're not willing well, how did you attract a person that is unwilling to work on it? Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, Every yeah, the that's framing, point. the whole framing is there, the issue. First off, issues I, I said this before dark light, shadow self, all of this stuff is dating. It's not just you, the, the good guy, the, the handsome guy, the funny guy, it's all the stuff that hasn't been worked on. That's dating too. Triggers are in relationships as well. So oftentimes, let's get rid of the person and not figure out the trigger. If you figure out the trigger, then the person doesn't matter anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does does that, does that make sense?
5: Well, well like, again, it's part, partially but because, I mean, you know, the, the thing, you, it's like you're approaching this from a situation where everybody's going to find the perfect person or, you know, if you, if you somehow um, uh, get of a relationship with a person that's flawed, which I think we're all flawed, that somehow. That means
3: everybody, then that means everybody found the perfect person. You always find the perfect, you always find the perfect person, the perfect person for who you are right now.
5: Well, no, you, uh, again, yeah. if, that, if that was the case, every, every relationship would be first time, one and done, last forever, never end. No, not what no, happens.
3: no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Well,
5: that's, per- that's perfection. Is it not? That's
3: not how it works. No, that's not how it works. In physics, physics talks about the physical world, right? That's why it's called physics. Well, in physics, everything is quantized. What does that mean? Everything is broken down into fragments, into pieces. For instance, time, time can go as far as eons, which thousands and thousands of years, millions of years, thousands of years, it can go down to hundreds of years, decades, it can go down into single years, it can go down into weeks, days, hours, minutes, seconds, all the way down to nanoseconds, in other words, the world is fragmented. And so are our experiences. Sometimes you gotta go through a relationship that is similar with different people, maybe five or six times, to get one whole answer about yourself. Why? Because the pieces you get are not fully, uh, full answers, right? You, You might get a fragment of an answer. Well, you gotta go through this situation again. This is why oftentimes we go through situations numerous times. We're getting pieces. We're not getting a whole answer. This is why I say everybody you date is perfect for you at your current level of development. They're either a cornerstone you know? or a mm-hmm. stepping stone. What is a cornerstone? I actually love that. Right?
1: I think uh, that uh, Zoe, to your point, I think that you're, um if you listen to what he was saying, um Mr. Fantastic, he was saying uh, they're the perfect person for who you are right now. So you know when you grow and develop, and you've you've elevated like. Uh, And you're no longer in that relationship because of whatever reason it ended, but you'll attract someone based on your on that current level of consciousness at that time. So, you know, if we look at our partners as kind of a reflection, a reflection of who we are and we're you know looking a bit deeper, if you take time out to see what it is about you that attracted this person to you, then you're able to recognize those areas that maybe you that you could identify as areas of improvement.
0: Concrete. Okay. I, I, I totally Again, get you. Again, that's,
3: that's what relationships are. They are vehicles that provide you with information about you so you can grow up. That's it.
0: I love it. So how hard is it for people to get down to um, their true selves to even do that type of work?
3: First off, they have to get over the fear of what they what they know is down there, right? Yeah, they have to get over the fear of what they know is down there. Oftentimes, like I said before, we will create a whole persona based on who we've, you know, or what we've gone through. For instance, many therapists become therapists because a great number of therapists have been abused. So they Mm. do the opposite. I want to go help people. So now I'm going to be a therapist so nobody can go through what I've been through. Right? But the reality of it is now therapy, you being a therapist, for many of them, is just a shield so that they don't have to do the work that they're offering to others. Do you understand? It's a very
2: difficult
3: Mm I'm saying many people do this right? As long as I'm doing something to keep my mind busy, I don't have to focus on the real work, which is internal work,
2: right?
1: Yes. I gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm following, and it actually makes sense, and we do see that a lot. You and you think about people who uh, go through some sort of traumatic experience, a lot of times it can infect, affect them in one or two ways. Um, either they um, kind of carry out that same abusive behavior on someone and or they want to do the exact opposite they don't ever want to feel that type of trauma that type of pain again so as a result they you know want to help people that have been abused or you know um, do what they can in order to pour back into someone that might have dealt with the same type of situation that they did so right. I completely is, understand
3: right which is why many therapists do something called countertransference where they will overlay their own experiences and try to use it as a tool to provide therapy for the person, their client, their patient. And you really are not supposed to do counter transference. And many people do that. Many therapists do that. And Mm. I just ducked in and, and looked at the chat room. It's a lot of goofies in the chat room. I just noticed (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of movies in the chat room. Like this, it, 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 it harkens back, it harkens back to what you said earlier in terms of people don't see spiritual work as tangible. Nope. Right? It's not tangible. It sounds like Tony Stark's and the Avengers, or it sounds like some fake stuff, right? Because it's not easily applied, it's not easily accessed. So what happens is you get the jokey Smurf cats in here that wanna crack jokes and be silly, but the reality of it is this is the real work. This is why I'm listening to, uh, Just let me say say this. 70% of black children are born out of wedlock and raised by mothers. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to Dr. Tommy Curry, this is where what has been deemed or termed as toxic masculinity comes from. Because ultimately, if that's my only caregiver and I want to be like them, at some point I recognize I can't be like them. I can't be a woman. Right? So what happens is there is a resentment that is built up in many black men towards women, which starts with their primary caregiver, which is their mother. Mm. Well, so well, a lot uh, of these, just... let me just, let me, this is from Dr. Tommy Curry. You got to check him out. He does a lot of anti-feminist stuff. That's why he left. Yeah, he's well, well, well
2: recognized. Yeah, he's well in known their in his face.
3: face. Well known.
5: Yeah, he's well-known yeah. in the face. That's, that's why I'm yeah. saying you, you're
3: referencing he's a, it, so. he's a cold brother with this information. And what I'm trying to point out is when I'm looking at the silliness, the immaturity in the chat room, it's basically saying you're, uh, uh, many people are not ready for this level of discussion. A black man who is a fully realized man is the most powerful man on planet earth. The racist people who have set this country up the way that they have understand that. So what happens is instead of us going into some of the answers that we provided earlier, which is how do we change all this? Well, you gotta become the author of you. You gotta give back their definitions blackness, right? You got to give all of that shit back, right? Give what they said you are back. Give it back. And now pick up the pen of your life and become the author of your reality. Now, when you get to that space, your interaction with women will be totally different. Until you get to that space, you know what you got to do? You got to get money, Because when you get money in this society, now guess what? You've got power according to the power system that's here that's predicated on the dollar. So now that you're falling, right? Now you have a little bit more power. But what ultimately happens when you get that money and that power in the relationship? Well, let's ask Dr. Dre, right? Let's ask Michael Jordan, right? Let's ask a few others. Let's ask Mike Tyson. Let's ask a few others that have a crap ton of money and a lot of so-called power, right? That ultimately they lost it to women. They lost it to lawyers. They lost it to marriage because marriage is a fucking social construct. That's really a business. Come on. Come on, y'all. is more to what this is than you guys think. Well,
5: well um, uh, real quick, so uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of the, um, uh, the sector that the sisters are, are associated with. Um, they're like, I guess, uh, affiliates of the, manosphere, the Black Manosphere. And a lot aware. of the concepts you're, you're speaking, yeah, yeah well, so a lot of the concepts you're speaking about, especially uh, in particular Dr. Tom and Kirk, we we go about this like ad nauseum. I mean, so uh, it's, it's something that <laughs> we definitely have something with as far as you saying like, of black women being our women, well, they, they aren't our women. Your woman is only your woman. That kind of that kind of contradicts what you said earlier about the individual um, responsibility, whatnot, what have you. Because you have an individual responsibility, and you're saying, well, you're not responsible for even a partner or a close person that you're 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 um you know in a relationship with, whether it be intimate or just interpersonal. How, therefore, can you as an individual claim that a whole race of women that you do not know are your women. That's a, great, so that's a great, great
3: question. That's a great question. Uh, and I'll answer. Because when I speak of our women, I'm speaking genetically only. I'm talking our culture. When we look at our people, we're a disaggregate people. But we weren't always a disaggregate people. Even on the continent. There's 50 some odd countries over there. But if you go back in antiquity, there were still... People on the continent that connected all of the continents, that connected the different peoples. Again, when I say our women, I'm speaking genetically. Why is that important? Because you got Jews that have a consortium of people that work together, they're people.
2: Mm -hmm. You
3: got Asians that have a consortium of people that work together, they're people. You've got various types of Caucasians whether they're Italians, whether they're Persians, whether they're Turkish, it doesn't matter. They all seem to work together, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying, oh, they're our women in the sense that they belong to us and we own them. I'm saying we from the same genetic line, many of us, why can't we have some form of unity? Even our immigrant, immigrant brothers, who are the number one uh, educated and moneyed immigrants on the American soil, the Nigerians, they stick together. I'm saying, how come African-American people can't do that? We'll make all of these micro conversations about, well, they're not our women. Okay, well, in a society that needs a nation, right, within a society, in order to be able to rely on itself, we need our women and our men working together on the same page, to some degree. Do you disagree with that?
5: No, 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 I, I agree I agree wholeheartedly, but I think that's where you're kind of missing what we're saying. Um, out of everyone you named, um, we're the only, um, have you heard of the matri- matriarch- matriarchal or gynocracy um, theory from this sector yet? I have. Okay, so so that's that's the angle that I'm coming at it from, in that um, black men are pretty much the only men in the history of of existence where the women have been put in the lead from a sort of sort of kind of like sociological experiment, uh, experimentation. We we totally Uh, agree
3: right here. We totally agree right here.
1: But you see what you said, been put in the uh, been put in the lead, meaning through through no no control of their own. That was
5: by design. Yeah, but well, hold on. At, yeah, at some point in time, right. you have to take responsibility and change it over. So, so when are you guys going to stop doing? If you know it, and this this is my, and I heard you mention like the whole racist aspect of it a couple of times. So, I will ask you this so Where do you hold black women responsible as far as even that we're in agreement upon the social social experimentation aspect of it? Where is the black women's responsibility to fall in line as they should, as in getting behind the man and working with him? Because, as you say, men are trying to work it out with women. That's why this right. sector pretty much right. Um, men have to understand the issue. everything you said, I, I completely and totally agree with. No, I, I say this all the time no demographic in the history of mankind have ever dated or made it out at a 51% rate. Even with right. Asians, Asian women. You know, they, they deal with, they, they um, deal interracially more so than anyone else, but it's not even anywhere near close to where it will ever be the majority. So having right. an understanding that the importance of your people to move forward is together in a unit, how, how and why aren't black women willing to get on the page they should be behind and in support of the man so that we can move forward to speaking about
3: it? So let me just say this, brother, you're asking great questions. I would just ask that you shorten them because my battery is about to die. My bad. Yeah, oh, I ain't going to talk no a more. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, yeah we got to get I, a few I'm others in here, too, too. And I definitely want to answer this, and you're 100% right. I've I've mentioned this many times on on my show before. I said, the modern-day African-American woman is no different than the woman that was portrayed in the movie Roots. Kunta had two dreams of Africa, played by... Uh, uh, James almost, right? Uh, J- Amos, right? Mm-hmm. He had dreams of Africa. He wanted to get back to Africa so much so that he escaped from his plantation to go find the woman he met on the slave ship. And when he got to the plantation she was at, she told him, Sure, I'm obsessed with you, but you can't get me pregnant because this is Massa's womb. And he called her by her African name. And she said, well, you can't call me that no more. My name is Maggie now because Massa calls me Maggie and I belong to Massa. And she basically shit on his whole premise of let's get out of here. She said, where where are we gonna go? They just gonna find us and kill us. We're better off staying here. So many sisters have looked at brothers and said, look, y'all marginalized at least they're giving us an opportunity and we're gonna capitalize on it. So what many sisters do, and it's unfortunate, they have the same fucking talking points as white supremacists in a lot of ways. They have the same standards, they have the same principles, clean yourself up, act this way, do this, do that, go to school, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Oftentimes men have been creators, brothers have been creators in this culture. But women, sisters, many of them want us to fit into a template that they use to us in. It doesn't always work when the white man is intimidated by us. How many sisters in corporate America put up with disrespect from their superiors? But ain't gonna say nothing. Right. They're not gonna mess so up that it. check. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So you, can't, you can't talk to a brother like that in corporate America. Because what's gonna happen is if he's a real brother, he's going to be like, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Change your tone and your delivery. And they understand that. That's why they try to handpick and vet the few brothers that are in there. Yep. You
1: you, you speak the truth. You speak the truth. Zoe, I know you only so, have a few minutes because your phone is going to die. I just wanted to get just a couple real quick questions um, from the other panelists real quickly because I don't want to lose you before... Um, we've had a chance. Uh, Snow, can you go ahead and ask your question to Zoe? Just try to keep it brief because we don't want to lose him and he's um, losing battery.
2: Sure. No problem.
4: Hi, what's up? My name is Snow. Um, so I have a quick question. So I've been really familiar with the conscious community and like it has opened me up to get to spirituality. And I've, I've been reading a lot of books, uh, especially uh, Tantra. So I was wondering in your book, um, can I like use it for that type of work?
3: Well, Tantra is about manifestation, sexual, taking the sexual energy, the sacral energy and using it to manifest things. Right. The here's the thing. All consciousness leads to the same road. This is why I'm a big proponent of no denomination or no particular belief system. I'm studying them all. Because I believe they all can be used to manifest what it is that we're trying to manifest. So I believe, yes, my books, which are covering a lot of stuff, but not necessarily tantric, but it's covering a lot of mind science stuff, you could be able to use that to do the same thing. But tantra is great for people who use that energy, that sexual energy, to focus it towards birthing something. So my question is, what are you trying to birth and who are you trying to birth it with? Because you can't birth it with just anybody. They have to be on a certain consciousness level with you in order to manifest what you're trying to manifest.
4: Well, here's the thing, though. Um, I'm trying to appease a carnal desire. Like, I want to hear them. That's why I'm using it. Mm. So can I use it for that?
3: I don't I, I don't know. You probably could because whatever the thinker thinks, the prover will prove. I, I totally believe in that. I believe you can manifest whatever it is you're trying to manifest, sure.
0: Okay. Oh, I that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Snow. Um, next we'll have Dennis. Dennis, what is your question for Zoe? And please remember to keep it brief.
6: Hey, what's up, this is George Country Rose. Uh, Concrete Rose. Um, I really don't have a question uh, I kind of just wanted to agree with everything that uh, Brother Snow, I mean Brother Zoe has been saying. Um, to keep it brief, you know, um, I grew up again. I think Brother Zoe was talking about a, an emotionless provider or something along the lines. That was my father. My father provided um, upper middle class out uh, upper middle class household, but he i never had a relationship with my father so i i was i was actually trying to find that relationship through women and i really didn't understand just how much of the self-esteem issues was caused by you know relationships with your parents so that's mm-hmm. something that brothers though i think he he hit 100 um the nail on the head and he's just what he's saying in, in general is 100 percent correct uh, a lot of people don't really understand relationships are spiritual um, a lot of the times you attract people into your life um, that will, you, you do that because you need to go through those experiences to pull out the traumas and pull out and identify the different areas that you need to work on. That's what a lot of people don't really understand. This is why, for example, you see, you can go out and you can see a woman or you can see a celebrity and she's an eight, nine or 10, but she's with, uh she's with a guy who's a four and you're just like well what's going on here there is a lot more than looks it's a lot more than money money doesn't mean anything you know Uh, it 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 just plays so much into the the laws of the universe and to keep it brief um if people want to do the work these are three of the best books i've ever read one is a book called attached by Peter Levine It goes through the different sort of attachment issues and everything that every person has, every person falls yeah, in
1: attachment way. styles,
3: attachment, attachment theory, style. John Balby. Yeah. Yeah.
6: That's the best book I've ever read. So many questions were answered. The next book that you need to read is called the presence process. It, it goes through meditation, how to effectively meditate, and how to pull up those things that you need to work on on your own. The last book I recommend everybody read is called Reality Transurfing. It deals with the laws of the universe. It's the best book I've ever read on spirituality. It's the best book I've ever, ever read. It is definitely a top five book. So that's all I got to say to keep it uh, keep it brief. Um, hey, Brother Zo, really appreciate you having, really appreciate you being here. Would definitely love to, to have you on some other time.
3: Thank you, brother. I appreciate being here. It was good, really good.
1: Thank you, Dennis. We appreciate you. To close it out, we'll have the final question from the Roger Report. Roger, if you can go ahead and ask your question to Zoe and just try, try to keep it brief before we lose them.
4: Oh, okay. Um, I just, real, real quickly, in order to bridge the gap between Black men and Black women uh, in this country, because we do have all these different things, going against us. What can you say is the, um, the best approach you think that we, we can kind of take? Is there any specific thing that we can, um, as a group of people, try to do? Or is it I think, more, is it going to be a different thing for everyone?
3: Um, I, I, I think I, I kind of covered that a little earlier, but I, I will add something to that. Adults typically are calcified in the way that they think we have to get the children to start thinking differently. When I say throw away their dictionary, how they define you, how this society defines you, we got to start putting the pin of self authorship in the hands of our children. We got to start doing that early, right? We have to do that early. Uh, and, and, and I believe it's all ideological. Just understand this. Just a few years ago, they started introducing lbgt uh beliefs ideology and concepts even in our supposedly black organizations like black lives matter they started integrating these concepts it's ideas that are changing the world and if you're not the author of those ideas you're going to be the participant in those ideas so we have to become self-authors again. I was in an in, in a Uber the other day and there was a brother in the car and he was driving, he was talking about Christianity. But he was disappointed because he felt like he was being pressured to accept gays in the church when the church had taught against it for so long. He said, well, I just guess we, we just gotta go with it because that's what it is now. That's the world we live in now. Do you get what I'm saying? They introduced an idea and you had to capitulate to it. But what are the ideas Mm. that we're introducing? When are you going to be the author of the ideas that the rest of the world has to capitulate to? Once we start working together and stop finding so many reasons and justifications for tearing each other down, we may then begin to be able to create a think tank where we can create some of those self authorship ideas for our children. Bro, you sound
4: like a brilliant man. I appreciate it, appreciate it. Y'all have a great day
1: thank you thank you uh roger report we appreciate you um thank you Zoe, for allowing us the opportunity to dialogue with you to discuss your books and your upcoming work and um like i said very very um, intriguing works uh definitely recommend you guys go check the books out and keep an eye out for his upcoming book i dropped the links in the chat um I, I definitely hope you'll come back uh when you get ready to drop your other book or after it drops to dialogue with us a bit more because i've thoroughly enjoyed
3: talking with you yes, yes. the new book the new book the shrouded lighthouse.com that's the pre-order link the shrouded i'll, I'll put it in the chat.com
0: yes But thank you so much, Brother Zoe. Um, Like I said, the book really, really hit home with me and with my own journey. Um, I still got some shadow work to do myself, which you pointed out graciously. Um, So I do thank you for that. But um, like I said, great book. Really, really great book. Um, Thank you. And thank you so much for gracing our show. We do hope that you'll come back um to discuss the upcoming book with us. Um maybe they'll been enrolled a little bit in our chat by then. <laughs> no, you know, I we love try my <laughs> brother. I love my
3: brothers. I them. Keep fingers crossed that jokes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know that's how we deal with our
1: traumas. Yes. Uh, that's how we deal with our trauma. So uh, I'm dropping the link in the chat. You guys make sure to click the link so you can um, get the pre-order for Brother Zoe's book. Um, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you once again for joining us. I really hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Well, we, right. excuse me.
0: Yes, right. and please uh, check your message and respond to me um, because I forgot. So okay. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you so much. Um appreciate you
3: all have right. a good one all right you too all
0: right so. um shout out to the chat um and everybody yeah. that came through to the panel really really appreciate you guys uh shout out to queen of the south she says i remember zo from his spoken word days and will be supporting i'll have to catch the replay ladies nice good interview job. thank you guys thank so you.
1: much
2: I didn't um, know that he
1: did spoken word. Like I feel like Zoe has oh. so many layers. I learned so much about him, and he's a very deep man. I'm I, I, I'm seriously intrigued, and this was a dope show. Go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry.
0: Oh God, uh, he said he unsubscribed. To porn star. <laughs> oh.
2: That was an interview. <laughs> oh, um,
0: shout out to my brother Roger. Report. He says thanks for coming right. by, Zoe. Great show, ladies. Long live the habitual line steppers on y'all. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, listen.
1: <laughs> I'm not dealing with you. You, you, you ain't um, unicorn Keisha today.
0: No, nah, baby, I had to put on my uh Sister George hat and, <laughs> and play nice with people, but uh, no, nah, I'm just you know, uh, the breakdown we're trying to do some big things over here, but I Absolutely. do want to send a very, very, very special shout out to Art New Style TV, yes. Um, thank, Art you, New Art.
1: Is,
2: you. Is, thank you,
0: brother
1: he was, the, was very uh, instrumental in and in helping us to go ahead and set things up with zoe so we appreciate yes. art we definitely kudos to you thank you brother
0: yes very very big shout out to him so art uh if you are still out there listening um just want to send a big big shout out to you and many 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 thanks so um yeah i um, we got some we got
1: some other stuff coming up. You guys, keep a lookout. Some different stuff. Some stuff that you haven't seen from us in the past and um, yeah, we are going to be doing some big things. So make sure y'all keep coming back. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Please hit the subscribe button and the bell so you can be notified every time we do our shows, which is uh, we do Sunday um, uh, afternoon or evening show depending upon the availability of our guests as well as Wednesday evening shows and every once in a while we'll, we'll hop On here and do a Saturday show. So sub
0: and hit the bell. We do also have a brand channel which will be having our opening opening dialogues and interviews. So if you have not subscribed to that channel, please do Um, Mm -hmm. because y'all get y'all can take a trip with us down memory lane, baby. You know, back down memory lane. Okay, Um, but
2: but yes, shout out to
0: you guys. I'm excited for everything we have to come. Um, dope mm-hmm. show, Concrete Girl, you was Absolutely. Concrete. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Give me my roses because I'm definitely giving you yours. You did
1: fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, this you. was dope. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who stopped by and th- thanks for all the super chats and, and to the crazy wild chat. We appreciate y'all. The show- y'all got no it, damn home oh, y'all, y'all make the show. Y'all are crazy. <laughs>
0: Well guys, hope you guys have a great rest of the evening and uh we'll see you guys on Wednesday.
2: Peace We're out.